Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that doesn't resort to a clip show, but rather a list show. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's show, we are looking back at 2015, the best that horror had to offer this year. Mm -hmm. We're going to be giving you our own personal top five or maybe six or seven. Seven, depending on. Depending on what we're looking at here. Uh, Basically looking back at, you know, the year in horror, 2015, Mm -hmm. our experiences, you know, movies, uh, shorts, just anything that was Horror. Oh, we can do shorts. We can. I'm. I'm. I'm opening it up to anything. Shit. Well, so, then I then I got an honorable. Man, I got a couple of honorable mention shorts now. I had a feeling, you yeah. know, if I you know threw that into the mix. But before we go any further, let me remind you guys that we are part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. And you can find all of our back episodes at boomhowdy.com. Or if you are like me and you like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junket in your Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud apps. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your ear hole. Mm -hmm. So, 2015, man. We are recording this episode about like two days before New Year's, Mm -hmm. and it's been quite a ride, wouldn't you say? Oh, most definitely. This has been an insane year. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Number one, you know, we we, um, our initial podcast, Nerds of Nostalgia, started. We're big horror fans, but we don't necessarily get to talk horror all the time. And then we were given this opportunity through Boom Howdy. They're like, would you guys like to do a horror podcast? And we're like, are you kidding? Of course we want to do a horror podcast, which gives us an excuse to talk horror all the time. Mm -hmm. And... What a what a fantastic year it's been. No, oh, it's just, been great. And especially and what we're going to be focusing on is our top again, just our top moments, you know, right. movies or what have you that we experienced through the horror world. And so I kind of had some criteria in terms of how I ranked mine and mm-hmm. what was included in the list and um one of the things was I wanted to make sure that not in not all instances, but it was something that was very rewatchable, something mm-hmm. that I've sought out multiple times. Yeah, same whether here. you know theater, video on demand, mm-hmm. DVD, um, and then secondly, just the lasting impression it made on me. Is this going to be something that I'm going to be watching next? You know, Halloween, just seeking it out again, mm-hmm. over and over again. Same here with me. You know, it was, it was like okay. Um, have I watched it multiple times? Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, not because like, hey, watch it, man. Fuck, I already seen that. You know, it wasn't like that. Or and then also, um, was it? Um, does it have replayability? Like not only in this year, but can it be on next year? And blah 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 blah. And, and also like. We had this debate if it's a post-apocalyptic or not, and I think on our first show we said, okay, post-apocalyptic if it's a horrific post-apocalyptic, not like something cutesy or something, but it's gotta have that, gotta have that gore. There's gonna gore. be some good gore to it, yeah. some horrific elements, and well, that's the the beautiful thing of in terms of the subjectivity of the genre, mm-hmm. because some people argue no, it's more sci-fi, it's more sci-fi horror. Um, you know, post-apocalyptic in general, but for me, there are elements of horror to it. Right. And so if it if it brings any kind of unease, because we mentioned on that episode when we looked at Turbo Kid, that 
you know, there was uh, The Day After Tomorrow, which was a film uh, from the 80s that was filmed here in Kansas. It was mm-hmm. in Lawrence, Kansas. But it scared the shit out of me growing yeah. up. Uh, just the whole the whole onslaught of nuclear war, how we were on the precipice of it, you know, every day. That was frightening to me. So Especially to me, in the 80s with the Cold War? Hell shit, yeah. Shit, that was, that, was, that was a real scary thing. Absolutely it was. There was a Notre, da- um, a Notre Dame, uh, <laughs> this uh, documentary on Notre Dame. It wasn't even a documentary. It was uh, Orson Welles narrating, but he was always talking about how he <laughs> saw into the... frozen peas filled with country goodness and green penis it was it was very frightening because i didn't know who orson wells was at the time but his voice just lended so much gravitas yeah he's talking about how notre dame was predicting the third world war mm-hmm. and then they and he just heightened that paranoia and the oh, scariness yeah. so yeah to me well fuck they did the same thing with um when notre dame when saddam hussein was first starting shit and they're like he will come from the middle east and bring death and destruction like saddam hussein we're not saying it is but we're not saying it's not you, you want to talk about subjectivity <laughs> in terms of you know a genre. yeah it's so I definitely feel that's not a problem. There. Yeah. And so I also, I didn't, I kind of ranked them from my most, like, least favorite to most favorite. And I shouldn't even say least favorite. But right. in terms of my top five, the one I'm going to go, you know, in terms of five, four, three, two, one, it's kind of the ones that had the the most impact on me. So, mm-hmm. you know, my number one is going to be the one that really yeah. made that just, oh, my God, this is just unbelievable. I think for me, my number one is my number one. Is it? But all the other ones can be, like, shifted and moved around. And a lot and of that, that also depend on the day of the week. Yeah. And that's the thing with, you know, a lot of the horror movies that we always end up rewatching is there's just then you go, oh, yeah, that was so much better this time. Right. Based on my mood, what was going on at the time. Because, like, for example, sometimes you like we can always watch Phantasm. But, you know, like, you know what? I want to watch this one instead, you Mm -hmm. know. So once again, depends on the day of the week. But I think for like my first my five and my honorable mentions my first four actually and the honorable mentions they can be shifted around and moved and stuff but my number one is gonna is be your is number, my one. number one okay and that makes sense that way so that being said do you want to give your honorable mentions first before the number one okay so that okay so i'm actually going to give my honorable mentions now okay um and i'll, I'll be honest and the reason they're my honorable mentions is because i didn't see them but i know i should have uh-huh. And based on word of mouth, I know I would have probably enjoyed them. So okay. this is basically me, me saying my bad on yeah. this one. Okay. Uh, but there's three of them that I wanted to, uh, but, um, spring. I heard about that one. Did you, ha- you didn't get a chance I haven't to seen it. Either? Okay. So maybe we'll definitely in 2016, that should be one yeah. of the first ones we look at. Um, we'll do that little segment of, I've seen that. Right. I would have, we would have said, yeah, we've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, sure. Because we know we should have. Right. I heard so many good things about it. Um, it was a draft house recommendation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they yeah. never steer us wrong. Well, hell, I think if that's the case, then one of, I, I imagine that you're going to have one on your list that I'm going to be like, okay, I should have seen this honorable mention. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that's okay. And I, my other one was Goodnight Mommy. I heard of that guy. I heard good things. I haven't seen it. I didn't. I didn't see it either. I Again. think with so much good stuff coming out and like all the shit that we do with the, the Alamo, which we're hosting house who coming up, just saying, um, <laughs> then it's, there's almost too much to see and not enough time to see. And it. what a great problem to have. Right. Perfect. That problem. was the best thing about putting together this list was going, well, if I admit something, that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as we talk about it mm-hmm. and give it credence because yeah, there was just so many good releases this mm-hmm. year and so many just substantial ones. I, like you said, you just, what do I right, watch? Right. Um, and then the last one is one that I love this man's work, but I'm not a big fan of the genre that he did with this one, but uh, Crimson Peak. You know, I have not seen that one either. We were just talking to, I was talking to like, you're going to talk about Crimson Peak. I'm like, no, because I haven't seen it. You know, I think with me, I wanted to see it, but I think for, 
personally me a good ghost story especially when it's like something like supposed to be like that gothic and stuff might be best seen in my house in the dark late at night not a, necessarily in a theater not a, not with a ghost story ghost story like that you know interesting because uh one of my ones is a perfect example of why it's a little bit more something like that i'll go talk about it right when we get to it right and then my last one is one i know we um all of us saw uh but it's just one that didn't necessarily it could have really cracked my top 10 again if i put this list together next week it might get in there but the babadook yeah babadook Babadook. i hated that fucking. i know i know i hated that fucking kid well you you had some issues with it i did you know we talked about it uh this was actually not even on nightmare junkhead or nerds and nostalgia it was before we relaunched that but we had a chance to talk about it and you had your issues but you you know ultimately it was still a good yeah it was still a good horror movie i just like i said uh, you need a little bit a little bit more on that right a little more so do you want to start with your number five or do you want me to um you did honorable mentions i'm gonna do shorts honorable mentions because i didn't put short on my list so um the two shorts that i have to say really stuck out with me this year um was one was grammy by jill six oh yes that's a that was a good little short very effective mm-hmm. and just in terms of the growth that she's shown yeah. in some of her shorts just astounding it looks amazing yeah no it's fantastically shot it's beautiful it's it's, a, it's polished it's great and it's something so simple like just I'm putting on my face, you know, and it's something that when my mom used to say, "Well, like I'll be ready, I just got to put on my face," I would think that you would actually go I literal would think that way. That. Yeah, I would think that like it's in a jar somewhere or something, you know. And so like when she put it on celluloid, I was like, hmm, "Yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool." And my second one, gotta shout out my girl, Gigi, El Gigante. God damn, that was a good little short, man. Friend of the podcast, Gigi yeah. Guerrero. That mm-hmm. is an amazing short. And the best part of it is... It's going to be featured. I'm, yep. I'm sure you know what. I'm Like 2016, 2017, it'll probably be on our top 10 and list. And that's what I'm really hoping for. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited the fact that it is going to get a chance to expand that way. Yeah, uh, She's a fantastic voice in horror. Um, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, go back on Nightmare Junkhead. It was a fantastic interview. And she's fine like one. And right? it gives you such an interesting <laughs> uh, perspective when you look at that short in terms of the inspiration from it. Yeah. Especially the wrestling scenes. Because right. that still, to me, is one of my favorite things looking at <laughs> that now. big, giant teddy bear. Exactly. No, that's those are really good ones, too. Yeah. Um, and the, so, yeah, we've actually had a chance to see a lot of shorts this year through Slaughter Movie House, which mm-hmm. is always great. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got another year of that coming up as well, so I'm excited yeah, for that. Yeah, I'm excited, too. And I, but I think we're finally going to get Jill on. I know. I know. Uh-huh. Well, we, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hope. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We're not we'll going to jinx it. We're not we'll going to jinx we'll it. See. But Jill we'll Six, we're putting, you on the, uh, we're putting you on the bubble here. We're calling you out. So. Uh, so my number five, mm-hmm. um, we're very fortunate here in the Kansas City area. Uh, we have this great little film festival called Panic Film Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been going five years now, I believe. Three. Is it just three? Okay. Yeah. okay. I think this might be three or four. I think it's the fourth year then. Okay. That makes yeah. that, that works right. No, it runs in February. In fact, it's going to run again. Uh, you can get your tickets at panicfilmfest.com. It's going to be running uh, February 5th to February 7th over at the Screenland Armor. And it's a combination of shorts feature-length films, yeah. good vendors. It's just, it's a good time. The, we always talk about Rotten Reynolds. Rotten Reynolds is going to be there. Of couple course of, they are. A couple of Boom Howdy people are going to be there. Um, we are actually going to be... We're going to... I have it from good authority that we, the, the Nightmare Junkhead, Nerds and Nostalgia... We are going to be... We're going to be doing, doing some, some stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a be blast. Doing some stuff. It's going to be a good time. But uh, last year was my first time actually attending it, and it was 
beyond perfect because there's so many good films. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good so ones. So my number five is I had to I, I struggled between two of them that we saw there. Me too. Uh, okay, good. And hopefully maybe you cover one that I don't. Uh, but obviously, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know we're big horror comedy fans. That's my number five! Okay, so... <laughs> nope, that's perfect, actually. So my number five is uh, written and directed by Jermaine Clement and yep. Jackie Watiti. What we do in the that's shadows. my that's exactly my number five, dude. Why is it on yours? Oh, it's it was hilarious. It was it was a good spoof where it treated the subject lovingly. It really did, and not to be oh, hey, let's make it uh, a naked gun type thing. You know, it was there was some thought, there was some love, there was some smart smart things in that movie, and there was some violence and gore too. And that's the thing. It was there was with a good horror comedy. I think you have to a really really superb one can balance the horror with the comedy. Mm-hmm. I think with this film, it was a little bit more favored two comedy mm-hmm. but then when the horror elements hit yeah it really hit you hard yeah and so this film if there, those of you who aren't familiar with it go back and we actually never even talked about it on this podcast we talked about it on nerds and nostalgia we did talk about it so on we nerds haven't even had a chance to talk about this on nightmare junkhead uh but this is basically it's it's the real world meets vampires right and it's most you know if you boil True it down story. to its essence yeah. <laughs> and you look at that concept and i remember when i heard about the concept initially i was like eh, i don't know five vampires in a, in a roommates it, right. in new zealand like okay let's see sounds and goofy it, i saw a couple of the, a couple of the trails I was like oh it looks decent you know everyone likes the flight of the concord jermaine mm-hmm. clement and those guys and then we saw it and my god yeah it number one like you said it was super funny it was hilarious and if you're a fan of the genre you know vampires horror mm-hmm. what have you and swear wolves you know they're actually going to be getting a sequel mm-hmm. and it's going to be focusing on the werewolves because there are actually two factions and well hell there's an entire no, there's a whole there's a whole world. world they just did so good on this little, little world building with just a simple scene one little scene and they just created this enormous world that they can take so much material from. And this whole world feels so lived in. Mm-hmm. That's what I think really works for me because then the humor derives from that. But they do treat the the material with really with true respect. Like they're fans of yeah. the vampire genre. And it also brings up good problems. Like we like like how do they know what they're look like with no mirror, you know? So they're sitting there drawing pictures of each other. <laughs> Sketching and each- just kinda like, How does this look? And they're like, you know, <laughs> just just like real world vampire problems. Like the fact that they can't get anywhere unless they're invited so they can't get in any clubs. <laughs> clubs they can't go to a restaurant or anything like that they're like well there's only one place where we're actually invited and you get you get they have very distinct personalities because mm-hmm. they come from different time eras you know you get like the vlad the impaler type you get the different vampire archetypes and my favorite of course is peter because he's playing the nosferatu <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't talk looks demonic it just oh it's so f- and it's eating just, the mailman just because you know <laughs> there are vampires hunters in this mythos yeah you you and it's the way they all get involved mm-hmm. it works so well there's genuine pathos in this movie as well there's a love interest that makes that's very sad it's wonderful yeah, yeah. no actually that always made me well up at the very end and yeah. that's what's really surprised me was i'm laughing my ass off and feeling for these vampires like you really care you actually do care yeah. about them and that goes to really uh in terms of the performances they're phenomenal oh, they're great they're I, there was just so much to like about this film. And then the, even the gore. Mm-hmm. Good practical gore. Exactly. That's nasty. It, <laughs> he had to put down the paper, t- the newspapers. He's like, come on over for a date. You know, you know if it's going to be the last moment, I'd like it to be nice. <laughs> just bring it out. Like, I don't want to ruin the furniture. So. And there's that great scene when he's trying to hypnotize the guy through the window. You will look at me. You will look at me. And he, and he just kind of glances on like, the window. <laughs> he goes, like, I did it. I did it. I did it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so every little bit that you see, it's just truly funny. Mm-hmm. It's um, like I said, there's the the gore, the pathos. It's all involved. It's a great. I had a great time. Yeah, when I saw this is it. a great movie, and that was one of those that I saw multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw it the first time I think with you, then I came back again and saw it again. And when it held up and was even funnier the next time, yeah, I because it. <laughs> yeah, there were, and you get to actually see all the little things maybe in the background that you didn't pick up the first time, but they just they just overload it with yeah. good funny stuff, good joke uh, to minute ratio. I mean, it's just nonstop. It's great. If you haven't seen it, go out and check it out. Mm-hmm. It's so so good, and I'm glad it made. Love yeah. <laughs> now I will. I won't lie. The other one that I was thinking about, Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. Boosh. <laughs> and in respect to my good, you know, co-host and partner here, Genius McGee, I didn't put that one in there. But if you haven't seen Wolf Cop, it was a lot of fun as well. <laughs> it was great from the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've listened to the podcast, you know of the the infamous Wolf Cop story there. So out of respect to my dear friend Genius, I left that one off. But I had to pour one out here for you. So what was then your number four? Okay. So talking about ghost stories. Okay. If your number four is my number four, we're going to have some issues here, my friend. Talking about ghost stories, when I say about Crimson Peak, I would probably be cool to see in the theater, but for me, for effective, especially when you're in a haunted house scenario, to be in your house okay, with the lights off in the dark late at night, you know, and watch like something like, oh, shit, is that, is that around the corner? And like, oh, I heard something in the, is that coming for me. This one was a little gem that just, you know, somebody said, hey, watch this movie. It's a good movie. And we, I think we both found it. Uh, we watched it. Is, is it your number four? Is it the I one think that? it is. Okay. It's a little effective where they, you don't really know what time period it plays, but it can play at any time period. Stars the delightful Barbara Crampton. Yep. Some great practical <laughs> special effects. We are still here. We are indeed. Yeah. That is my number four as well, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Get out of my head. So, yeah, this one, like you said, it was really, truly effective. They really create this really isolated atmosphere yeah. because you have this uh, grieving family that just lost their son mm-hmm. moving back into the house and trying to deal with it. And that's usually the the genesis of all those ghost haunted house stories. Right. The loss of a loved one. And that, if you put yourself in the perspective of Barbara Crampton's character, of course it's tragic. Yeah. That and, hurts. Of, and of course, if you think that there's a ghost in the house, you're going to autom- automatically assume that it's a benevolent one and it's yes. one of the... But this movie, there's so many twists and turns and then just the whole 180 shift to when it goes bat shit it is super effective super scary i watched it the other night at home in the dark by myself freaked my fucking Did self it? out yeah truly a good quality of a true horror movie that just really scares the shit out of you because they knew what was coming but it still was effectively scary well when the when the scares come and then when the gore hits and again this is another one that i'm i think all of my films on my list have good practical yeah. effects. Oh, I think so, too. All the stuff too. that you can mm-hmm. see, the stuff that you could smell, the stuff that you could taste. Mm-hmm. When those hit, when those moments hit, they are punctuated with just such a gnarly sense of bam! Dread. Yeah, dread. And the fact that it's such a slow burn. It's that- super slow. And then, and then just showed like little tidbits. And then finally, when shit hits the fan, it hits the fan hard. Yes, it does. The, uh, the ghost in the film, mm-hmm. where... They're a really gnarly looking combination of like these just burn victims, just almost like demonic burn victims. That was, and I remember, I think you showed me the trailer initially way yeah. back in the day. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, 
why haven't we seen this? Right, you yeah. like, let's watch it. Like, okay. You know? And it, it really pulls upon some of the early, like, Fulci, uh, Lucio mm-hmm. Fulci movies, like House by the Cemetery, uh, From Beyond. Mm-hmm. All of those just... Just the good, scary-looking ghosts. Not like, ooh, booga, booga, booga. Oh, no. But These just, things were frightening They looking were terrifying. Because they were smoldering. Right. And they had they had texture. Yes. And it went along with their mythos in the story. And the funny thing is, like, my, I was watching, and I'm halfway through right when the scene... It's um, spoilers. Yeah. Right when shit hits the fan mm-hmm. and the townspeople are coming in the oh. house. So my brother walks in. He goes, what are you watching? I'm like, we are still here. And he goes, okay, so are the, what's going on? And I'm like, well, there's <laughs> these people are getting killed because of the ghosts. And these other people are hiding from the townspeople and the ghosts. Like, so are the ghosts the good guys? No, the ghosts aren't no, the good guys. Not. Um, so are the ghosts the bad guys? I'm like, yeah, the town. So the townspeople are good guys. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's very complex. It's very complex. It's, it's there's no there's only there's only like four really good people in this whole story, and I, everybody like, else is and just three like, of them die pretty much <laughs> horribly. In fact, that first horribly. death in the car when the girl is driving away that scared the shit Fuck out of me. Fuck yeah, because you thought she was safe because she's out of the house. You know, just like the whole like get out. You know, once once you leave Amityville, you're cool. Right. But not with these motherfuckers. No, they are still there. Yeah, they still are still here. there. And there's no... There's there's multiple bad guys, you know? And just the whole story that it weaves and the... And the well, is that... So is the town... The, the, the town itself is almost a character. As, as like, uh-huh. the house itself is the a character. The town is a character. The house is a character. Fuck, even the post-credit scenes is a character. I don't remember the post-credit scenes. You don't scenes. remember the no, post-credit scenes? No, what happens with it? Okay, so the post-credit scenes... So basically, spoiler, 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 spoiler. Um, as they were building the house back in like eighteen something, they because they when they did the seance, it kind of explained what was going on. Mm-hmm. They unearthed an evil, and if that evil doesn't get a sacrifice every thirty years, it spreads its evil through the town, destroying the crops, making the water run dry. Aha! Uh-huh, like influenza outbreak. This is horribleness. So. They have to sacrifice. So they have to sacrifice a family. So they burned the one ghost family, and then that ghost then became like the evil ghosts that right. decide like I want revenge and kills everybody in there. So it kind of did their job for them. But when the finally it the movie ended, it shows um, new town. It's like headline from like eighteen eighty something, right? And it says crops die. What's happening? The curse. And then it says family. The next headline is like mysterious family disappears, right? And then like boom. The crops return. It's a miracle. Then the next cool. thing is like 30 years later, 1910. It's like water uh, wells run dry. People are dying everywhere. Family disappears, dies so in you're a car wreck. The exposition and almost then through that. The crops return. So it's it's just, it's saying yeah. And what's cool is that plays on those old myths like the lottery, the wicker man, mm-hmm. just in terms of a need for a sacrifice for the greater the greater the good, greater if good. You will. Yeah. And yeah, that's what's. It. But ultimately though. It's the the son that actually saves the mother in the mm-hmm. end, which is great yeah. because it kind of makes the ghost. They are bad, but even then, they're, they're like, okay, yeah, you know can, what? Why are we doing this for these people right. that killed us? So, yeah, it was the, everybody had, and you know what? There was no. I mean, looking back on it, there wasn't any truly evil thing but the entity itself in the house sure. the ghosts had a reason for killing people the town had a reason for killing people mm-hmm. you know all for the greater good or something it's just it was a very complex little ghost story and that's why i thought it was so effective and wonderful and scary as fuck 
and the fact that Barbara Crampton shows up again, which and is great. kills it. She just always kills, kills it. it. Yes. Well, she shows up in another uh, uh, film on my list here, and it was great seeing her because she's just a genre favorite. And usually, when you see her, you know you're in good hands. Uh, this was written and directed by, and I'm going to kill his last name here, and I do apologize. It's a hard lane. Uh, Ted Geogan, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and he's actually responsible for a lot of my favorite uh, in terms of producing. He's a great presence on Twitter, uh, really interactive, and really appreciative. I think of the people that saw it and saw this film, and this is one of those again you really need to see this one definitely everything that we're talking about is something you need to see and if you haven't seen it fucking see it yeah so really no and this was yeah that one was a great one and i i i don't really like ghost stories all that much um but this one was just very effective and i think a lot of it was was very effective for me is the imagery just in terms of the uh the uh, the cinematography and just the isolation the isolation is what scares me that's one of the things you know i live in the city I don't see myself living out in the country because you're so isolated out mm-hmm. there. It freaks me out. And I know there are people that love that, though. <laughs> but think, those are dead people. You right? Know? Those are- we're driving to Chicago, and whenever we see like a creepy barn, we're like, would you stay in that house? Fuck <laughs> that. Fuck that house, you know? I would not live that well, far away from... Well, every time we pass one, too, I'm like, is there some poor person in there, like, tied up, you know, right? just screaming for help? And every single every creepy house, isolated or creepy barn, we're like, you know, some fucking bad shit's gone down in that place right there. They could probably be, like, the nicest people. Of course. Of but course. they have demons. So. <laughs> don't we all, though? Don't we all? <laughs> Very true. It, uh, it ties to that. So that's an excellent choice. Uh, and, okay, so hopefully now on my third pick here uh-huh i'm no no wait yeah yeah we're on three okay we're on three do i go next yes okay so my my third one um this one was one i was really looking forward to um to any of anyone that you know listens to the podcast knows i'm a metal fan and uh, uh, let's speaking of metal uh yeah. one of the all-time icons in metal rock and roll uh let me kill meister passed away eye for eye tooth which, for tooth you know, you'd never thought that happened. I mean, you know, Keith Richards is probably freaking the fuck out right now going, oh, my God, it could happen. Yeah. Lemmy was the epitome of everything, just heavy metal. Yeah. Um, you know, he lived hard, too, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. Yeah. I mean, that man lived his gimmick yeah. uh, and to the very end. Um, but, I mean, even if you're not familiar with Motorhead, you know the song Ace of Spades. Mm-hmm. Um, it's used in all kinds of movies. Absolutely. Um, Shoot 'em up is one that comes that, off my... Yeah, it's, pretty, it's used pretty And well. Lemmy himself uh, played chess against uh, Pinhead. Famously in a, a video for uh, Hellraiser 3. So he's, you know, he has ties to the metal community, the horror community. He will truly be missed. Mm-hmm. That was just very gutting. So here's to you, Lemmy. A little sip here. But I love heavy metal. I love horror. I love heavy metal horror, mm-hmm. which is a genre we do, I don't think really gets enough love. And sure as shit, 2015 saw an entry into the heavy metal horror films. It's fantastic. It's Deathgasm. Hmm, that movie was a lot of fucking fun. Deathgasm man. is a gore fan's wet dream. It's a New Zealand film written and directed by uh, Jason Lee Howden, who actually got his uh, start working with the uh, Weta team over in New Zealand with like uh, Peter Jackson mm-hmm. and all of them. Which to me is no surprise because you watch the film and it's totally a throwback to you know Dead Alive, Dead Alive yeah, Bad can, Taste, uh-huh. and it's all about these kids summoning these demons with their metal music. And that's all you need. Yeah. And then chaos ensues from there. And oh my God, this movie is wonderfully gory. This is a gore hound. Like I said, this is what uh, a callback to the Evil Dead 2s, mm-hmm. the Dead Alives, those films that are just so outrageously over the top gory that you can't take it too seriously because it is just that. But it's made to be that way. Brothers and Steel. Brothers and Steel, man. <laughs> There's uh, great metal in this um 
in this movie. In fact, uh, Death Waltz Records is getting ready to release it on vinyl with all the metal bands that are on there. <laughs> oh, I bet you're just like salivating right of now. Of course, of course, <laughs> man. Death Waltz will be the end of me at this point. Um, but yeah, no, it's such a great entry into the heavy metal horror genre, and I haven't seen one since like probably late 80s or so yeah they get right um because it just doesn't isn't really a genre that's um called upon all that often so to see that which happen, was weird because you would think there would be more metal horror movies because they kind of go hand in hand they absolutely you know? go hand in hand and it's just one of those things that it's hard to make because i've seen some out there that aren't that great you know i'm a big fan of trick-or-treat black roses shock em dead and I've seen some of the more modern ones, but the really good thing I liked about Deathgasm is it did play into more modern metal because uh, the main characters, uh, when they got their band, they're wearing, you know, the ghost paint and shit, you know, the, the diamond, the, the Swedish death metal. Um, brutal. Very brutal. Um, but yeah, this was one I just, I've been looking forward to it. And it was one of those instances where the hype was from the trailer went through and followed through with the movie and it so, was funny too and it was a lot of fun it was funny there was, was a death by joke. a dildo yeah. scene you know they uh there's even a bit where it shows um this the, the female protagonist of the films listening to metal for the first time and you see her reaction she's just standing upon this fucking mountain with this just like axe just like ah! <laughs> which is you know honestly when like maiden play you know good harmonies together that's how that's the feeling it evokes so i really love that and this is a film that loves metal mm-hmm. more than anything um which it spoke I appreciate. to your soul dude absolutely it wasn't <laughs> winking at it like some hipster going yeah i like you know motley Crue or right. you know uh, no this the jason lee is a metalhead you know that man loves his metal and it shows and he also loves his gore oh, you know this is such a perfect gory. homage yeah. to you know the, those new zealand splatter flicks mm-hmm. back in the day so yeah this one was just tons of fun for <laughs> I me i shred for the lord <laughs> <laughs> I could have I, I totally could have seen that but now the, I didn't get to see this in the theater this is one of those that I um, we saw it no, in the no, theater no no we did no we, we totally did I'm we sorry saw it in theater. we saw it initially at, through video on demand I think but then we saw it at Tap Cape yes we did yeah it was oh, so it was good so yeah. it was good yeah so that was my number three okay genius what do you got my number three it's no surprise how much I love anthologies okay I love anthologies so much I think it's I think they're so fucking amazing they're just little pieces of this wonderful story and it's told great and i think some of the, so there's some anthologies that are horrible but there's a lot of anthologies that are great and this next one i think ranks up with one of the best anthologies you know it's up there with creep show one and two it's up there with tales from the dark side for me and this one I've seen like three times already, <laughs> and we tweeted along with we it. <laughs> we tweeted along. Um, it's just an amazing little movie, and it sums up everything it needs to sum up perfectly. All about the spirit of Halloween, and I'm talking about Tales of Halloween. Thank you, October Society. Yes, Oct- and how badass of a name is that? The October Society. That is so righteous. This is another one we were fortunate enough to see in the theater, and uh, even better was when we reviewed this on Nightmare Junkhead, we had friend of the podcast, writer of one of the segments, right? Clint Sears on. Yeah, the night Billy raised hell, man. Oh, it's so. this was one of my better experiences in the theater, just in terms of the overall all fun mm-hmm. that I had and again that shared experience that you get with everyone yeah oh and I was laughing and smiling the whole fucking movie especially when it was really inappropriate man genius just <laughs> that that Max Katie laugh from like you know uh, Cape Fear and shit all you were missing was a cigar 
basically. <laughs> no, this one was so much fun because I didn't really find any bad segments in the anthology. And for me, there's always those ones that aren't as good as the other ones. Right. But this one, I just found elements. Everyone was great. Everyone yes. was great. Even well, the ones that weren't as fantastic for me as no, the yeah. others, they were still really, really Let's good. Let's go there. Which ones weren't as fantastic for you? Um, I think the one that stuck out was the Lucky McGee one. That's see, that's one of my favorite but see, ones. That, and see, we were talking to Clint about it. He goes, "That's the polarizing one." Yep. He goes, "Either people love it or they're like, nah. but it's, nobody really hated it." No, well, and honestly, it's kind of a palate cleanser because it does take. That's it's the one that dark. addresses yes, some dark. spousal abuse in mm-hmm. it. And is it Pollyanna McIntosh? She is so good in that she is segment. Great. She's she's beautiful and terrifying at the same time. And that one also, the puppeteering that went on with yeah, her so monster. Yeah, extra hands and shit, dude. That was nuts. That was so much fun. Uh, I would even say the one where it had the two guys battling each other for the Halloween decorations. Mm-hmm. I really like that one as well. And I've, I've seen some people kind of point that one out as a weak one, but I really I liked, liked it. it. I liked it. And it wasn't all just ghouls and ghosts. No, I mean, like you said, it had, the, yeah, it had the human element, the people uh, battling each other for Halloween decorations. I think my top one, though, was the Evil Dead and Friday oh, the 13th. Friday Lodge. the 31st. That was fantastic. Twick a tweet. That was, that was one of my absolute <laughs> favorite ones. That was such a good one. And the one with um, 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 The Night Billy Raised Hell. Mm-hmm. Loved that. Loved oh, that Billy, one. Yeah. Barry Bostwick yeah. kills it in that. And the one with the kidnapping. Oh. The, the kidnapping the, of Rex. Uh, the ransom of Rex something yeah, or Yeah, because that one had John Landis in yeah. it. Yeah. And it had uh, the guy that uh, Ben, ben Wolf, yeah. God rest his but soul. That was such a. It was an evil Looney Tunes one. It was that was you could I just could have seen Joe Dante directing right. that one. It was, it was a total just, like a live action horror cartoon. And that's the thing. There was there was really good gore in that one. There's some genuine scary ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very first one that had Robert Rustler and Caroline Williams in it. Yeah. The Tooth Fairy one. The Tooth Fairy one was very scary. grim and nasty. Yeah. Then you had the kind of mirthful ones, and then you had the one that kind of combined all of them with Neil Marshall doing his at the mm-hmm. very end, and even the ghost one. Uh, oh, uh, that was the one by Axel Carolyn mm-hmm. uh, because it had the um, oh it had Barbara Crampton in it it was, had Gordon uh, Lewis was in there Lynn Shane was Mick in Garris, it yeah and it had uh, what's her face from Starry Eyes which was one of my favorites yeah, Starry Alexandra Eyes. Esso was uh-huh. in that one as well yeah and it was kind of cool was a, because it was like a who's who mm-hmm. of new and older horror because the second time we saw it, we we're like oh look it's Mick Garris like oh shit it's Lydia. yeah we we're just like oh shit yeah that's another one that really rewards the rewatch mm-hmm. uh, I and to me it's in my regular Halloween rotation oh now. definitely I could watch that not Halloween but the fact that it really encapsulates the actual spirit of Halloween. And the person that guides us through is Is Adrian Adrian Barbeau. You know, almost reprising her Stevie Wayne Mm -hmm. role. It's fantastic. Oh, it's a beautiful movie. From the opening titles, just the the kind of the animation that goes on there. It tells you what it's going to be. It it tells you, like, this is the movie you're about to watch. Enjoy. And so, obviously, we love horror anthologies here on the the podcast, but this one really hit. This was a great shared experience. Mm -hmm. And one I'm glad I got to see in the theater. Oh, yeah. And the tweet-along was fun. I've never tweet done something like that. Me neither, but it was a blast. And everyone's like, man, fuck you guys. You're just blowing up our feed. And I'm like, well, what can I say? Watch the movie. And well, you know, here's the, here's a, an admission here. I wasn't watching the movie, but I had seen it just so many remembering. times. Yeah. yeah, same here. They're like, and now we're going to watch The Night Billy Ray Sale. I remember this. <laughs> and we're tweeting these specific beats, but I think that speaks to the power of the film yeah. and just how much fun it was that it just clicked like that. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So good. And like with any anthology, like you said, if you don't like it, wait another seven to ten minutes. Exactly. You'll be good. And But there was so many good ones in there. Even the ones like, 
like uh, the whole kind of westerny one. Oh yeah, that was a great one. That one was super. And Noah Segan was in that one, yeah. and that one actually had the big monster in it that yeah. you see briefly in the trailer. Uh, just that that tale of revenge and mm-hmm. just the, the fact that the that night that that ho- blah, blah, blah. <laughs> during Halloween they say this is when shit goes batshit crazy. So mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we'll get another one. Yeah, and I loved how all the stories kind of inter- intertwined with each other. Like there were like the trick or treaters are the same trick or treaters throughout. You saw them. Yes. You saw you saw them in the police station like the guy who was like killing kids he's being handcuffed in the background dude there's a there's a lot of like it's really crazy. good like look for like where's waldo they're not so much it. easter eggs as they are like little jack-o'-lantern mm-hmm. something or others yeah. you know because you yeah you just you and that killer jack-o'-lantern was awesome only something that neil marshall could bring out like that <laughs> it was it was so mean-spirited because he did kill kids he ate he ate fucking children. He tempted them with candy and then fucking ate them. It was, it was like a Law & Order SVU mm-hmm. uh, meets, you know, Satan, basically. It was fantastic. And the God. sketch... With the sketch artist, and it was just did a, it look like this? Just a regular, like happy Jack. And that Leonard. was Drew Struzan, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right there, that should tell you all you need. That Drew right. Struzan basically plays this police sketch artist <laughs> with an uncredited role, but only for the you fanboys out there. And you go, oh snap! It was great. That was so much shit. Just talking about it now, I kind of want to rewatch. Me too. It, <laughs> which I think is the power of the, this movie. But honestly, that was my number two. That was Tales of Halloween. Oh, okay. Oh you know, boy, we're not really stretching far. <laughs> here, <are> we <laughs> we, we so, like what we like. So since that was uh, my number two as well we talked about it why don't you tell me your number two okay starting with my a post-apocalyptic one okay i have two now this one there's a lot of like love for the 80s nostalgia thing is going on nowadays and um everybody loves it and of course we're fucking nerds and nostalgia right (laughs) we love it guilty sometimes it can be done too over the top and too campy and i get a lot a lot of winks and i get a lot of shit with this when i tell people my thoughts about uh, kung fury i liked kung fury i didn't love it i liked it it was all right for what it was but it was too much hey let's throw some shit out here and see what sticks and let's add too much stuff but when something is made with love and remembrance and um, respect for what it was and of all the different movies and all the genres and you can find something magical something that's new experience with all these old tropes and all these all wonderful things that you remember and you loved and the reason why you love like old movies like that and for me that one was turbo kid yes <laughs> which we were very fortunate in terms of seeing that we saw way back before it was released for in the theaters. yeah i think like two or three months before it was released in theaters yeah and so for us with the first time we got to see it was here in the nirvana if you will mm-hmm. in the basement on the projector and, and Man, from the get-go, we just both had smiles on our faces. Just the thing, like, look, and this just like from the <laughs> the year is nineteen ninety-seven, and we were both like, yay, you know. <laughs> so they're paying because if you watch all those eighties films back in the day, ninety-seven was seemed to be the year that the shit went shit bad. Went down. <laughs> and so right off the bat, they start that. It's a great soundtrack. It has Stan Bush's "Thunder in Your Heart," which was ripped from Rad. Mm-hmm. But the very fact that they play the premise straight, just in terms of no vehicles, right? Everyone on bikes. And the gore in this, oh, it is I think it might so be gorier than Deathgasm. Yeah, it was pretty gory. I mean, there's not a lot of movies where they'll shove an, um, a beach umbrella into a guy's torso, spray and the blood out, him. open it up, have the shit fall down, have the torso of the guy fall onto another guy like some sort of like weird Matryoshka doll. <laughs> it's this just perverted totem. And then another guy on top of that and they're all still alive 
the the, the very bottom guy was constantly doing that. Uh, well, like like know. like three kids like like in the cartoons and three kids trying to be adults and they're just kind of wobbling around. Yeah, and then such iconic villains too. Skeletron. Skeletron is an all timer at this oh, point because yeah. his design, everything in this movie. I recreated on like a trapper keeper back in the day when I was like in sixth grade. Exactly. But they treat it, like you said, with true respect. Right, with reverence and love of what they're doing and not winking no 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 this they tr- they went out to make a kick-ass post-apocalyptic gore fest mm-hmm. and damn did they Set do it back in the day oh, and yes. it was wonderful michael ironside as, as our zeus villain. god damn it and he was vile when he was getting the bicycle and he was pulling the guy's guts out His on the bicycle oh jesus that was great and then apple oh, the apple of our <laughs> eye apple Lawrence Lawrence LeBeouf. She plays kind of this idealized manic pixie dream girl, to mm-hmm. quote Nathan Rabin, but her character is so wonderful. I fell in love with her, oh, man. Me too. And I saw people shitting on her like, oh, she's too crazy. And I like I like the quirkiness and the craziness because she played it straight up. Yeah. I, I, I think she was the first one on a podcast. I said it was a treat. It may have been the actual genesis the, of that. She is the genesis. Well, the, the gore in this movie is, like, when we saw it in the theater, My half the fun I had was watching people react to it the first time, mm-hmm. because the gore, I mean, they basically, it's their 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 thesis is, this is going to be one of those, the story of Ricky, uh, you know, Dead Alive, mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, level of gore, where the shit just sprays and spurts. Oh, it's insane. Jaws are ripped off and shoved back in back. their face. <laughs> Just anything you can imagine, they go for it, and they settle and they settle beefs by uh, arm wrestling. Yep, and and there was there was even like a call back to um, uh, Big Trouble with the guy on the bike. When one of, he looked like the one of the wicker basket, yeah, right. like one of the storms, one of the storms, dude. It this was, is much like everything else we've talked about. Every time you rewatch it, you found something else you enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, even the kid, um, Lawrence Monroe, I think was his name, was fantastic. Ron, who's great. Everyone in that movie was and really good. Just some of the lines that they they were throwing out, like um, he makes that gnome stick, and she goes, "This is my gnome stick," right? And like. <laughs> when he was trying to train her. Oh, yeah. They're, they actually strike fast, strike hard, no mercy. Right? Right? It was great. There's yeah. all these great callbacks. I, But it was I, done with such... No, it really yeah. was. And I, I do agree with you with Kung Fury. I... Like I think I have the exact same opinion of you. They they made it way too winking, but mm-hmm. Turbo Kid is just all reverence, and yeah. even the score is amazing. Yeah, that just came out on Mondo, picked it up, and it's fantastic, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, that one was probably one of my surprises of the because I remember seeing the trailer for the first time, and like this looks like a lot of fun, but man, that could probably really go off the rails. Mm-hmm. And then from but the it was beginning, just the hit every note, Josh. Well, right. every time I turned you, we were both smiling. Like, are we really watching this? Is this happening? <laughs> This is fantastic. Yeah. Like, this was such a pleasant surprise, and I can't wait for it to be released on DVD. I'm. St- oh, I know. I'm going to pick it up. Oh God, yeah. And that's I, the other- all of these movies and that's just, are going to yeah. get picked up. And I'm waiting for special editions and shit. I yeah, know, just, right? That was just so much. I would fun. love to see the making of on all of these movies. I'd love to see how they did the gore because I don't think they probably had a very big budget on this. No, they probably so, just had some guys and some air hoses. Yeah, I'm sure like they did. Old school, old school, man. Mm-hmm. But that's what works. Yeah, uh-huh. and it works so well. So well, yeah. This was great to see in a theater. This one, this is a great party movie because there's so much iconic stuff going on in the background. This is one of those where you put it on and people will probably just stop what you're doing. Let's watch this. It just commands your attention. What the fuck is going on? I want to see with this. (laughs) Oh, good lord, man. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Good pick, good pick. Okay, so my number one. Do you have any honorable mentions? Um, nope, nope. I all my honorable mentions did at the beginning, so I'm good with that. Um, so my number one 
and I'll I'll be honest, I didn't get to see this in the theater. Um, it had been hyped up a lot. Um, I had heard about it, I heard how much of a game changer it was, and it, like, much like you said, I just never got the chance to see it. And I'm kind of glad I didn't, because my experience watching it for the first time really shaped my image of this movie, but I think this movie just holds up regardless. Um, the, the score is amazing, the atmosphere is amazing, the direction is amazing. It was one of my, it was my favorite movie of the year. Uh, it follows. Hmm. It follows is my number one, written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. And so we talked about it. We did a seen and unseen version of this, which I still um, haven't seen. I know. No, we're, we're going to rectify that because um, the first time I saw it, um, I, we've got this big old cast iron tub, and have just watched so many films, watched the entire series of, of X Files in this tub. You know, so Amy and I are watching it in this movie. And I mentioned before, just the atmosphere is so menacing. This world that they create is just, it's dangerous. It's palatable. It's just, it just oozes. And we're in the midst of watching this movie and our dog starts making some commotion out there. And it's just one of those things like, okay, Lola, fine, whatever. But there's more and more, she's getting, starting to bark. And so Amy goes to stop the computer, but her hands are wet. And so she's struggling with it. (laughs) So my inner monologue starts going, okay, I can let her fix this itself, or I can step in and fix it. And I'm like, well, if I don't step in and fix it, I'll get yelled. So I start trying to turn and pause it. Now, at this point, we're both fighting over it. <laughs> Tensions are rising. And because of just all the, how scared we were, she turns her head and bites my arm hard <laughs> because of the panic setting in based on what we were experiencing with this really? film. It was insane. I don't have to watch this. No, sincerely, this uh, it's... It takes elements of John Carpenter, Mm -hmm. not only in the score, and the score in this movie is incredible. Uh, Disaster Piece did it. He was a game composer. Instantly iconic. It's just, it's a synth-based score. It's fantastic. Hmm. Um, But what David Robert Mitchell does in terms of his shot compositions, and I was just smiling all the time, just like saying to myself, this guy's got such a heart on for Carpenter, and I'm glad for it. I don't want that to sound bad, because (laughs) the shots he he does, there's this great shot when they're at the school, and it's this huge 360 panning shot. And the whole premise as it follows is there's this... Um, demon that follows you, and the only re- the only way it can follow you if it, you have sex with someone. So the obvious metaphor is STD. It's an STD demon, right? An STD demon, exactly. <laughs> However, the cast and uh, Micah Monroe is in this one, who plays Jane. We've also seen her in the guest, mm-hmm. so she's already been in two of my favorite horror films, like contemporary horror films. Um, but they basically play like late teens, early twenties, right before you actually have like real responsibility. And the way it's and all portrayed, you can, all you can do is just fuck around. And you just hang out around. with your friends, exactly. Yeah. And they really nail that, so it was kind of identifiable. But for me, this whole thing in terms of the thing that follows you is just these this the inevitability of either death or adult responsibility mm-hmm. uh, that you've got to eventually grow up. And so it's can, a thinking man's monster. Movie. It is, and it is. It is a sl- It's not even necessarily a slow burn, but it, there's not a lot of gore involved. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some horrific imagery. Uh, but just the way he sets up the world, the myth, the mythology, uh, it just works so well. It's really well acted, directed, and based on that whole... And the other thing with the uh, that I think was so serendipitous of this whole thing was Michael Monroe's character, Jay, is all about being in pools. So the very fact that we're in a bathtub while this thing happened <laughs> was perfect. <laughs> right. It just set the stage so well. It was. I'm so glad I had that experience with it because I've rewatched it now plenty of times and it still works for me. It's fantastic. Um, I was just so impressed with it. Now, I know why people don't like it. 
because it was really heavily hyped. I mean, they're saying this is the game changer. This is the new face of horror. Uh-huh. And if you're not a fan of like early Carpenter, early Craven, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. Well, see, that's the same thing when overhyping. Like uh, we were talked about a uh, girl walks a home alone at midnight or something like that. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, this movie's so fantastic. It's going to change the revolutionize blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this movie is boring as you fuck. You did not like it. Yeah. I did not like it one bit. But which leads, but you know, we are still here it was kind of a slow burn. So I'll be curious to see your reaction on it. Mm-hmm. But I just loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It's my number one. Is it? Oh, yeah. At my okay. hands down, easy, no problem at okay. all. Okay. So. All right. So, <laughs> I have four honorable mentions. Okay. All right. Now, the first one is I need to see it just because we've talked about it numerous times and it's follows. Okay. Perfect. Um, my second honorable mention is The Guest because I didn't, I know it came out in 2014, but I right. didn't see it until 2015 and I really loved that movie. That's a fun one. Um, my two other ones that I have seen in the movie theaters and I really debating on what to, where to put them. Um, number seven is Krampus. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I love me some holiday horror. I love me some holiday horror. And I thought the fact of the matter is it's a bigger budget movie from a studio, not a remake, nope. not nope. a, it's just a brand new story. And it did so well and it was effective. For me, it was very effective. It was scary and funny and dread and holidays and everything I love about holiday horror. It was right there on the big screen done lovingly. I loved it. Loved it. Um, my other one, um, it's a documentary, and it's Nightmare. Yes, that was good pull. Good I pull. found that terrifying. <laughs> that movie, as did many of the people we watched that. One oh, with. that movie was scary, and it's on Netflix. So I, I think who who tweeted me says after that we did the thing, and they're like, "God damn it! Why did you say watch this movie?" And I'm sitting at home alone on Netflix. Oh god! I think it was like Misty Dawn or something, and she was freaking the fuck out, and it's. And, a, terrifying terrifying movie and you you think a documentary how is that terrifying but it truly it's is terrifying scary scary because they do they recreate some of the nightmares and it's just very hauntingly beautiful but haunting nonetheless haunting, yeah there's a reason haunting is a scary thing <laughs> it's it's a terrifying movie and the fact that it really does happen to a lot of people and it continues to happen and it happens all over the world and it happens everywhere and it's just makes you it, it opens up a lot of questions like what is really going on and there's something about that shared experience whether mm-hmm. you're watching in the theater or whether you're identifying with something that's right. more universal universal yeah universe universal universal, universal. thank you Univer- good lord universal yeah. ensemble piece and oh, oh, hey shut up now <laughs> no i agree that's a that's a good pull yeah that's a good pull that should have made my honorable mention so those are my honorable mentions now my number one movie of of my <laughs> horror movie of the year is another post-apocalyptic movie, and I think it's going to be easily up there with some of my favorite movies of all fucking time. Um, this movie takes an old franchise, and they bring the new, they bring the, all the exact this guy, the writer, director, <laughs> they bring him back, um, this 70-year-old man decides, I'm going to make a kick-ass movie, a movie that I want to make. And boy, did he fucking make this movie. He made the shit out of this movie. This movie is perfect in every fucking way imaginable. Just like a little brother. <laughs> Just like a little... <laughs> ah! <laughs> nice! You're the perfect in every way! Mad Max Fury Road. Probably 
the best theater experience I had this year. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. The I... first time we saw that. So, yeah, to set the stage, Genius and I had a chance to see this early as well. Yeah, like about two weeks before? About two weeks. Yeah. Not, not subscribing like Turbo Kid, but we're in the audience. It's a 3D screening, and they're like, hey, guys, we're going to do some trivia, some prizes. And both like, yeah, we fucking got this. We, if we don't get this, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> so, sure, shit, we nail the trivia, we get some prizes. There was three questions, and we got two of them. So, we couldn't have gotten all three, because we were already, <laughs> you know. only two of us. <laughs> it was that, so that set the stage nice. It's like, okay, you know, we're representing, and then the movie hits. Now, the hype on this was unbelievable based on those trailers that we saw. So the buildup for this, I was a little, I, I think we both were. We were like, oh, God, what if this doesn't live up to everything that yeah. we're imagining? Because those trailers, Jesus Christ. They looked intense and insane, and then they showed that whole, like, driving into the big storm coming in, and we're like, okay, cool, that's going to be the a big crazy center. finale. Yeah, the big finale. Nope. Nope. 30 minutes into the movie, there it is. And it just and keeps getting bigger we and bigger. We were looking at each other like, going, is this just happening now? <laughs> like, what? what is happening? Oh, man. We were on the edge of our seats, just smiling and laughing like, fuck was- yeah! Oh, man. Perfect movie. It, I, it, I, it's, hard, it's, uh, it's hard to imagine this movie existing. The fact that you want to talk about our reliance on practical effects, George Miller and what he did. <laughs> right. Oh, good lord! Yeah, eighty percent of that movie is, I think, is is, is practical mm-hmm, and stunt mm-hmm. work and real driving and everything. And of course, some of the some of the more violent things that, like you know, we don't want to lose very no, many stuntmen, right? But at the same time, god damn, and just minor characters that are just resonate. Uh, Doof Warrior, Doof Warrior, is know? probably the breakout character of the year. It doesn't say one goddamn mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. He's, like maybe like. Five minutes of screen time total. Oh, yeah, if that. Yeah. It, it, every Actually, what I love about George Miller's universe that he creates is there's so much eye candy. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, like, the entire screen is, is it's, it's set and framed a specific way. Yeah. But he's all about just what you see in the middle and then expanding from there. So just the exactly. way he shoots it, he's such a visual storyteller. Each, each scene, I was, when, the other day I was like, each scene can be a, it's a work of art yeah you know each little them driving into the desert that's a work of art furiosa freaking out at the very end that was a can heartbreaking work furiosa and charlie's theron just, she just killed it shit, it's yeah, her she, movie it is her movie that's you know what's interesting is the biggest criticism i've seen people and f them for this is saying well it's not a mad max movie we don't know want a woman fuck in our noise. action mad and i'm like fuck you guys right furiosa was a wonderful character Kick, i want more with furiosa yeah i want to see what she does at the citadel right because Charlize there she's just such a good actor she can go from an mra or an mrf excuse me <laughs> mr f to furiosa she's such a good actor mm-hmm. uh, i'm glad they got her and then tom hardy reprising taking over the role of mad max and killing it doing absolutely. it doing it more than justice oh no he's fantastic in it and then you can't have a great movie without a great villain and god damn it immortan joe not how- mediocre with shiny and chrome how fucking Perfect was fucking Immortan Joe as a villain. He was a great villain, and even more so his war boys and the little bit of mythology and almost religious aspect that yes. he, he portrays with them. The whole shiny and crow. Mm-hmm. Um, I will personally carry you to the gates of Valhalla. Yeah. Oh, you know, witness me. Uh-huh. All of these things. Again, you don't necessarily. George Miller didn't need to include those, but it makes the world that much richer. Yeah. And you actually like Nux. 
I cared about him, yeah, man. Yeah. I actually cared about this little war boy that, you know, tra- takes... The little war boy that could. He could. He's totally, <laughs> man. Just, you know, my heart broke when Strap he... Strap out my blood bag. When he's when he finally gets the opportunity to prove himself to, you know, Immortan Joe, and he fucks <laughs> up and... Mediocre! And he just... I was like, oh, I fuck. felt so bad for him. I and know. that's when it starts turning for him. But, like, every character gets a chance to shine. But just... Even the, the, the vehicles themselves are characters. And they were all real vehicles. Yes, they, were. they were all real real vehicles it's one thing because when you look at that movie and you watch the scope of it you go oh my god that exists that exists they made that (laughs) there's an actual doof warrior wagon there's an actual uh uh, there's an actual bullet farm tank thing you know there was just everything everything in that movie kicks ass like that first and foremost it is just an amazing action film and it's pretty much it's not entirely but it's pretty much a just non-stop chase film yeah like ninety percent of those little beats that they take, but it's just to, not. for you to breathe. Yes. Basically, just you need a breath after that. You're like, fuck. Even re- we rewatched this the other night, and even after every little bit, we both we we were just like, Jesus Christ. <sighs> yeah, we're like, whew. And we've already seen like two, three a times before. Times. Then, yeah, it's unreal how that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I and I know there are going to be some people like, well, you know, I can see Turbo Kid, but you know, if you, fuck it, Fury Road. That yeah, no, but this is a violent movie. There's a, a lot of death, and that's. That whole like rips out the baby. It would have been a bull. Yeah, just that was a gory scene, and just like all these war boys and everybody just dying. Immortan Joe's. Oh, Immortan Joe's. God damn, <laughs> that was hardcore. We were just like we were here in Nirvana, Nirvana, and we we're just like fuck when that happened. Yeah. Whew. so much to like with that film and that's another one I'm glad we got to experience multiple times in the mm-hmm. theater um, because that is a shared experience yeah. and that movie could have tanked but uh, the best part is it's showing up on so many people's like legitimate critics top right. you know movies oh, yeah. of the year oh, yeah. which I love yeah. and again 70 year old George Miller Jesus some old grandpa whooping some ass right just and let it, me show you how to how the old folks used to do it yeah he yeah. did man and the, the i like the fact how he used cgi because it enhanced the practical mm-hmm. and i'm not against cgi no and in a movie like that you, you, you have, have to. to i it's people well that dust storm wasn't real well no, no shit fuck you know come on now there are limits to what he's gonna put his <laughs> and, people through and starring el nino you know it's you can't have that you know <laughs> it was that was, I will agree, that was probably the best experience I had this year. Um, and I had a lot of good experiences yeah. with movies, but that was probably the top one. Yeah. It that, was just... It made my... It, even if we did a non-horror movie, non-anything movie, like, what's your favorite movies of 2015? Fuck, what's your favorite movies of the 2010 yeah. and up? That's going to be Dude, right I was, there. I was calling the Viagra hotline because I had a heart on that was lasting more than four hours <laughs> after I saw that movie, man. And it's I, a long movie, but it doesn't feel long, no. It just, boom, goes quick. And you're like, what the fuck just happened for the last three hours? Oh, yeah, that's right. I was shiny and chrome. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was an amazing experience, man. Oh, man. So that's a good choice. Good choice. So what do you guys think? What was your top, uh, you know, five, top ten of horror? Did we miss something? Yeah, what are we did off, we miss? Are we off base on anything, you know? So what do we have to look forward to in 2016? Oh, well. Well, a lot of fun, good stuff, too, actually. 2016 is going to be the year of the nerds. It's <laughs> gonna be uh pretty pretty legit i'm looking forward to it and i know uh in terms of horror we do have the panic film fest coming up we do have the. and panic i know film there festival. are two films that they've already solidified one's a werewolf and one's a slasher i think mm-hmm. uh-huh. i believe one of them is going to be the cabin in the uh the uh brah, the uh, oh good lord the eli cabin Roth. fever thank you cabin, cabin fever, fever remake. remake 
Um, and so we're going to be podcasting from there. We're going to mm-hmm. be talking to the folks. Please come out and see us. But I know in 2016, we're getting The Witch. Yeah. Which I've heard a lot of hype on. It looks good. It does. It looks good. Do you have any horror resolutions for the new year? <sighs> I'm going to give movies that I already hate a second chance. Really? I think... I think I'm going to give Rob Zombie's Halloween a second chance. Inter- there has been an interesting kind of, I don't want to say a renaissance, but a kind of a turnaround or critical reevaluation to some of his films. Yeah. Uh, listen back to our Halloween retrospective with Justin Beam. He was actually kind of one of the champions of yeah, it. And, and that's a cat. Did you see the Halloween rights just uh, were lost dimension. from Dimension? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wonder who's going to pick him up. I know. I'm kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Hope Carpenter buys him. And he just nope, they're mine. Sorry yeah, guys. Sorry guys. He's gonna like into the vault like Disney. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. I'm kind of on the same. I'm my big thing is I definitely want to go out and make sure I am in the theater more often. Yeah. Even for the films that I may not necessarily like, because I want to make sure I'm going out and I'm supporting horror, mm-hmm. whether it's the indies, the big releases, especially the indies. Oh yeah. And that's one thing here in the Kansas City area is we have just this is a freaking talent pool of yeah. up and coming people in the horror community. There there is man. a lot. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, it's really it's a kind of a hotbed, which is great. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad, that, and we'll be talking to more of those people in the year. Um, I'm just looking forward to 2016 with the podcast yeah. for an excuse to talk horror every single week. Exactly. Plus, if you ever want to come and be part of the podcast, would like I said, 2016 is going to be the year of the nerds. We have a little something for you. Um, once a month, we're going to do the Nerds and Nostalgia present the Monday Mystery Movie Night, where we're going to show a mystery movie. Every month, it's going to be one movie. It's going to have a certain theme. We're not going to tell you what it is until you're actually in the theater and you're asked Get to your ass down, in the seat. Right? We're gonna tell, we're gonna watch the movie. It's gonna be something you probably haven't seen, or if you have seen it, it's gonna be a while since you've seen it. Exactly. But it's always gonna be fun. It's always gonna yeah. be a fun movie. And then after that, we're gonna do a live podcast after the movie, yes, and we're gonna get your talk, your uh, thoughts and views on it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Plus, we still do a lot of shit at the Alamo. Um, we did. Um, I know that we're going to do the um, Halloween triple feature. Yes, we are. In fact, I think it might be more than a triple feature. I'm going to see about a longer marathon, like a true marathon. Like a button number thon type thing? Almost, almost, because I really want to push it because there are so many. You've got a great idea for the films coming up for it, which I cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do another uh, Christmas Christmas one. We're going to do a Christmas triple one, which was, this one was really, really good. And I think think if, 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 because I had some ideas (laughs) for the Christmas one, and I think it's going to play really well. Oh, I know it will. It'll, it'll, I know it'll, yeah, but you know, you can always trust us when it comes to like good movies. And that's the thing, you know, we've stressed the theater experience, that shared experience. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing when we're talking about you know, programming these films is we want good films that you can experience with other people. And you can that, come see movies in feel vision In feel vision <laughs> Kentucky Fried Movie, my God, why don't we screen that one? That would be amazing. <laughs> in, and now, in vision next feature, Deep Throat. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, it's going to be fantastic. And then obviously, Obviously, you know, Nerds of Nostalgia, Nightmare <coughs> Junkhead, we'll be doing a lot of cross-pollination. Yeah, and we're going to be, you know, talking to a lot of other people. We got yes, a lot we of, are. we got a couple of guests already lined up. And so seriously, um, if you want to know something about more about us, or if you want to hit us up, Nerds of Nostalgia on Facebook, uh, Nightmare, Ner- Junkhead, Nightmare on Junkhead on Facebook, Nerds of Nostalgia Twitter, uh, Boom Howdy, Boom Howdy, um, I'm Genius McGee on like uh, Facebook and uh, L, Gen- L underscore Genius on, on Twitter. We're super accessible. Oh, so. yeah, we are. <laughs> Almost to a creepy point. Right. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. 
daddy. Talk, talk to daddy. You know, but <laughs> talk hard. Right. <laughs> but hit us up. Let us know what you want us to talk about or what you think we like. Tell us we're, we're wonderful or we're full of shit or anything in between. So we'll um, take it. Yeah. <laughs> with a grain of salt and probably a shot. <laughs> a block of it. All right, man. Well, um, and more than anything, thanks for taking this adventure with me man this oh, has been dude, a fun no year problem, man. between nerds and this it's been fantastic i'm telling you dude 2016 it's gonna be great it is gonna be great well i guess until next episode this is greg d and i'm genius mcgee and we will see you in your dreams <laughs> <laughs>